Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A former WWE star signs with Impact. Is the network moving in the UK? And who sang the My World theme song? Grado. You know Grado? No. Was not Grado. Right. No, no, oh! Trickster. No, no, no. You trickster. <laughs> For Friday, April the 30th, 2021, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. The people who work here. And the fans at home, you wanted a celebration. You wanted the greatest wrestler in the last 20,000 years here in the building. Be careful what you ask for, because you might get it. You got it tonight. What a great way to celebrate than to beat down these punks and leave them laying. Enjoy your Impact World Champion. Nice of you to show up, Kenny Omega. This is the celebration. Dilo, as far as I'm concerned, turn out the lights. The party's over. Impact Wrestling last night, quite a few notable occurrences from their Thursday night show. Congratulations to Big Cass. Well, the artist formerly known as Big Cass, now known as W. Morrissey, and a full-time member of the Impact Wrestling roster. Fightful reached out to Impact about the contractual status of W. Morrissey after his appearance at Rebellion and his first match on Impact yesterday. And they have confirmed, quote, he signed and will be around for the foreseeable future. So congratulations to W. Morrissey signing his first wrestling contract since being released from the WWE in June of 2018. All sources say that Morrissey is motivated, easy to work with behind the scenes, and he is a lot of he's in a very, very mentally good place. Really excited to see what Morrissey will do as part of Impact Wrestling. It's another big one next week. It was announced that a huge start of New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be arriving in Impact as El Fantasmo will make his debut for the company. Fantasmo is a member of the Bullet Club, part of New Japan's Junior Heavyweight Division, a two-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, formerly held the Revolution Pro Wrestling British Cruiserweight title, also a two-time winner of the Super J Cup, won it back-to-back in 2019 and 2020. This is all part of that really wonderful working relationship that Impact currently has with New Japan Pro Wrestling. We've seen Juice Robinson and David Finlay become the world 
Tag Team Champions in Impact. And now El Fantasmo is kicking his way through that forbidden door. Expect more stuff like this to come. And following their disruption of the main event last night on Impact Wrestling, it has been confirmed that Kenny Omega will next compete in an Impact Wrestling ring at their next Impact Plus special under Siege. He will team up with the Good Brothers to face Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finlay and Eddie Edwards in a six-man tag team match. Also at Under Siege, the next challenger to Kenny Omega's Impact World title will be determined in a six-way eliminator match. Those competitors yet to be determined. And no doubt we will start that process very soon on Impact. BT Sports Studios. There you go, mate. Tenor, please. What on earth is that? Is that Becky Lynch? Wait, the band's here. It's a new era for WWE on BT. Could the WWE Network in the UK be on the move? So we've seen in the States how the network has migrated over to Peacock. And whilst we here in the UK still have the old school access to the WWE Network, I have said on multiple occasions that it's just a matter of time before a similar deal is struck here in the UK. That deal could be getting closer uh, after this week. So there had been some rumours that the BT group were looking to sell a major stake in BT Sports, the current platform that WWE programming is shown on here in the UK. Uh, the BT Sport deal was struck following a multiple decades with British Sky Broadcasting. So this was a big change up and BT Sport have, have certainly thrown a lot of love the way of WWE. Lots of uh, attention are given to that brand on their programming and it looks like there could be some changes coming to BT Sport on the whole. So they issued a statement commenting on some of the reports that there is conversations to sell a stake in BT Sport. And BT Group say the following. Further to media reports, BT can confirm that early discussions are being held with a number of select strategic partners to explore ways to generate investment, strengthen our sports business and help take it to the next stage in its growth. The discussions are confidential and may may or may not lead to an outcome. The Telegraph here in the UK have reported some of those interested folk include an unnamed British broadcaster, the Dazen Network, Amazon and Disney. Potentially one of those or maybe a few of those becoming major holders of BT Sport, which would no doubt bring about the kind of money and the kind of coverage that would see the WWE Network migrated. Could we live in a world where the WWE Network ends up on Disney Plus? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. We have an update on an injured WWE star. MVP was a guest on El Brunch de WWE, which is a WWE Espanol show. And he gave us an update on his knee injury, saying, I'm returning to Houston, which is where they get checked out medical-wise. As a matter of fact, here I've got an exclusive news just for you on WWE Espanol. As many of you know, my knee has been bothering me for some time now. I injured it a few months ago in the ring. And while it's better, it hasn't healed yet. And we've been trying to avoid surgery. So we're going to try one more procedure 
procedure. And if it still doesn't work, then I might have to get some minor arthroscopic surgery for the knee. But not yet. We're still going to try another treatment first. Potentially seeing MVP taking some time away to have surgical treatment done. PW Insider reporting that Adam Pearce has been given a major promotion backstage at WWE. They say, quote, in an update on changes behind the scenes, PWInsider.com reported yesterday in recent weeks, Adam Pearce has moved up in terms of responsibilities. We confirmed this morning that Pearce's new title is Director of Live Events. In the past, that role has usually meant overseeing live events and touring creative and lineups. So it's another sign that WWE is preparing strategies for returning to the road. This would have been a role previously filled by Michael Hayes, who in recent months has been working on producing many of the main event matches and angles for Roman Reigns on the SmackDown brand. So it's a case of Hayes putting his expertise elsewhere. Congratulations to Adam Pearce on the promotion and... It does look as if WWE are getting ready to hit the road once more. Molly Holly was on Busted Open Radio. She revealed that her Hall of Fame speech being cut from 15 minutes down to two minutes was something that caused her to break down. In the chat with Busted Open, she said, it was awesome that Hurricane Helms was the one to tell me I was going to be inducted. The fact that he legitimately got choked up and was super proud of me was really special. I love that moment. Behind the scenes and after that, I was told I would have about 15 minutes to give a speech. So I spent a lot of time and had three friends of mine that are professional writers to help me. I practiced for 60 hours. I had a regular nine to five job and after work every day, I would practice it whilst I was going for a walk. I worked really hard on it. Then, a couple of days before, they said, oh, never mind, you're actually going to get two minutes to give your speech. I cried for four hours. A lot of times, when I used to wrestle full-time, they would tell us, you have 12 minutes to wrestle, and then right before we walk out, they'd be, nope, nope, you have four minutes. We were so ready to tell a story of good versus evil, give the fans their money's worth. Now it's just entrances, two moves, and the match. It would be such a heartbreak. So it sucks that the way that Molly Holly was inducted into the Hall of Fame was indicative of the way that she worked in WWE. JBL's asking a live YouTube Q&A if he'd be up for a comeback. He said, yeah, I'd love to. I have an idea about getting back. Every wrestler has an idea. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it, and I don't know if my body will allow me to do it, but right now I'm just playing golf and enjoying that. But JBL, very open to coming back to the WWE for one more match. PW Insider reporting that Brian James, a.k.a. The Road Dog, was back working in person at this week's NXT for the first time since his heart attack last month. Brian James gave us all a scare when he suffered a health concern and, a, a, and, tur- and turned to the point where he went into hospital for several nights. We're glad to see him back doing what he loves. And a former WWE star has returned in a rather unexpected role. Oleg Prudius. The artist formerly known as Vladimir Kozlov is now working for Impact Wrestling, but not in an in-ring capacity. No, uh, Vladimir Kozlov is doing lead commentary for Impact in Russia. It's being broadcast on the RuTube websites with Prudius calling the action. I'm very intrigued to hear Vladimir Kozlov doing commentary for Impact Wrestling. Good to see him still working. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ahead of the launch of My World, his brand new podcast for adfreeshows.com, I had the chance to have a catch up with WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett. Before we get to that, here's a little bit about the podcast. One day, Total Nonstop Jarrett wasn't just a stage show. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. I know what you're thinking. This guy has another podcast. Listen, I get it, but let me explain. For years, I've been asked if you could have a podcast with anyone in wrestling today, who would it be? And I've been consistent that one of those names was Jeff Jarrett. Now hear me out here. Jeff Jarrett is a third generation promoter. He grew up in the Memphis territory, broke in the business in 86, won the intercontinental and walked out on Vince McMahon in 95. He jumped ship to start working with the horsemen in 96 and then told the world what he really thought about Austin 316 in 98. He held up Vince McMahon for a ton of cash in 99 and jumped ship again to become world champion in 2000. And then on the final night of the Monday night war, the only ever raw nitro simulcast he was publicly fired by Vince McMahon in 2001. So without a job in wrestling, he decides to embrace his family heritage as a promoter and create jobs himself. Started his own promotion in 02. And then a former WCW employee who was on his team committed fraud that nearly bankrupted both him and his father. So he found an angel investor of sorts who wound up being indicted on one of the largest financial schemes in American history. With both of those guys facing prison time, he met with a public relations firm in Nashville to figure out how to save face, only to find out the lady he was talking to had billionaire parents. And that's when things got really crazy. If Jeff Jarrett's life story were a movie script, nobody would believe it. Jeff Jarrett, how are you doing? Good, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Ready to talk a little My World podcast and, and all things wrestling. What has kept you mentally sane during the last stupid 12 months, Jeff? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. You know what? Uh, I, I'll say this uh, out of our candle, that when um, 
I, I can remember vividly. I was on a plane in New York City, LaGuardia, and I boarded, and there were two business uh, gentlemen right next to me, and they started talking about lockdowns and this and that. There's not going to be any more travel. I really thought they were crazy. I'm like, what are these guys talking about? Well, sure enough, that was my last flight. But about a week, not even a week into it, I realized that, you know, when the sports league started shutting down and just the early days of the pandemic that we all have memories of, uh, I knew right then that I said, okay, I, I'm going to make sure this is sort of how my brain works. I, I, I basically recalculated my, my daily schedule, my daily routine, and I put in um, some things that, that work on myself and, and uh, I started taking uh, some online uh, different courses, basically, and did a lot of reading and I got in a second workout. So I literally planned uh, a new schedule, so to speak, to keep me sane. And it certainly did. And, and to tell you the truth, um, physically, uh, not that I was in real bad shape, but, you know, I, I, I'm in better shape now than I've been in quite some time. And uh, mentally um, refreshed in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I didn't become a couch potato. Uh, I did a lot of reading, like I said, and, and listened to different programs and uh, listened to some podcasts about, you know, just uh, marketing and, and self-awareness and all those kinds of things. So uh, I think I've not only survived, I think I've thrived pretty well in this pandemic environment. What podcasts have you been listening to? Give us one that you've um, loved the bones off of. Well, you, you, you're going to get into, but there's a guy named Donald Miller with, with uh, Story Brand Marketing. That, that's probably right up there at the top. Uh, Tim Ferriss, um, some old ones uh, of his, uh, of course, you know, something to wrestle with, uh, 83 weeks, Conrad Thompson, my partner. Um, but no, the, you know, out of this, uh, obviously some wrestling podcast. Um, uh, but you know, uh, one thing as far as documentaries that I watched on television was the last dance, uh, with Michael Jordan and, and all that. And that really is a part of the inspiration for me finally doing a podcast. Because um, in the on-demand world we live in, Tom, I, 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 you know, I, I, I now view podcasting a little bit different than I did, say, 12 months ago, because podcasting, it, it falls into that form of on-demand entertainment. You know, Netflix, Hulu, and, you know, YouTube, you can, uh, you can go watch any wrestling match or, or anything at any time. So now that podcasting, and it opened my eyes to it, and the, the business model, uh, and just it's compelling entertainment. Uh, it's a part of what finally made me say yes to Conrad, who's uh, been chasing me for a while to do a podcast. You celebrated 35 years just the other month in the wrestling industry. Now, born into a family that is in wrestling, surrounded by wrestling, was there ever even the faintest chance that there was going to be anything else, Jeff? I'm one of five. Uh, so I'm the only one in the industry. I've got four siblings. I'm the only one in the uh, uh, sports entertainment slash professional wrestling industry. So I was never, ever, ever pressured into doing it, uh, but but they didn't have to. I had a bug very early. I was always fascinated as, as a young man, as a before I was a teenager, just, and not just the in-ring product, everything that went around it. My grandmother was a promoter and I can remember riding to towns with her and, and I would go to towns six, eight weeks before the event was to arrive and we would we called them window cards, basically posters. You would hang up in mom and pop stores around the community, go to the local newspaper, go to the local radio station, buy advertising to see the, the basically from the time the the uh, event was marketed to the time it was executed. I was always really fascinated uh, by by the industry, so I got a bug real early. 
uh, loved it. And so I, I promoted shows or, or helped out promoting shows, shall I say, and set up the ring and sold Cokes and sold popcorn long before I had my first match. So uh, I was bit by the bug early. The industry's changed so much uh, when since when you started out, but some elements of it are still very much the same. For for those who are getting their foot in, who are who are starting their thirty five year plus journey, uh, what advice would you give to them? You know, Tom, you you hit on it that yes, it's radically changed in so many ways, but the basics have not at all. The means of distribution radically change, but the communication skills needed to su- succeed really have it. Our business, yes, you can be a great technical in-ring wrestler. Uh, you can have all the marketing and all the um, million dollar uh, production surrounding you, but, it, but if, if you as a performer don't know the basics of connecting with your audience emotionally, that goes with any form of entertainment. We, we're, we're all as humans connected emotionally and 75% of our emotion uh, is conveyed nonverbal. So when you drill it down into knowing how to communicate with your audience uh, and not always just vocally, but you, from nonverbal, you have to be able to connect with your audience. So, so I stress to folks that ask me, uh, and I say you absolutely have to learn the basics of, of, of the business, of, of how to get in the ring and wrestle and all that kind of stuff. But, but most importantly, at the very top of that is, is how to connect with your audience. And nowadays, talent. Uh, You know, in my day, uh, coming up in the business, Twitter and Instagram weren't even thought of, let alone YouTube and Facebook and all of social media. And and so we had six, eight, 10 minutes a week, if we were lucky. And I'm I'm literally saying, if we were lucky, you got on TV six or eight minutes uh, to, to, to basically connect with the audience. Now, you can connect with your audience 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, if you so choose. And when you connect with them, you better be authentic and you have to really learn how to connect with with your fan base uh, from, from a real deep core emotional uh, foundation. You'll be connecting with people through My World, uh, which is the new podcast from adfreeshows.com. And it's going to talk about your your 35 plus years in wrestling. Jeff, are we getting an episode on World Wrestling All-Stars? Because that holds a really special place in my heart. Because as a wrestling fan of a certain vintage, as WCW ended, like you guys were there for what felt like a heartbeat. Fill in the void uh, with, with guys that we knew and new guys that we were. And... Uh, well, are we going to get some conversations on WWA? Please tell me we are. In time, I'm glad you brought that up because when you look at my career, you know, from the early days of the territories and the early Double J days, WWF, WCW, um, back to WWE, then back to WCW, and then most people think it jumped from there to TNA and then on and then to the Hall of Fame. But the real, uh, in my brain, and, and only in my, you know, the six inches between my ears, the WWA really served as a as a incredible outlet for me. The short answer to your question is absolutely. We're going to go in yes. depth. There's there's UK tours, there's Australia tours, there's a New Zealand pay per view. But but really, when I sat there, the formation of TNA was done in my brain on the WWA uh, All Stars tour because there was lots of talent, great crowds, gr- great events. Uh, and it was really a special time that, that I looked and I'm saying there's a lot of people walking through these doors buying tickets with no episodic television, that, that they're coming to watch these stars. And I knew that there was a huge void in the marketplace. 
you know, WWE, they weren't really number one because you to be a number one, you got to be have a number two. There was no number two. There, there was nothing out there. Uh, just just WWE. So I knew there was an opportunity and uh, got in the ball game and, and, and TNA became, went from just a dream to a reality and then uh, super successful at, at a time. So we're getting an episode about it. That's the main thing. Several, several, yeah, my friend. Several. Uh, several. Get in. I'm delighted. Now, uh, I know there's a lot of people who have been chatting to you, asking about like returning to the ring and doing other things. But there's there's one I don't know whether people have asked about because over your shoulder, Jeff, is the gorgeous Sweet Charlotte, the, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. It's a beauty of a belt. NWA Power is doing stuff which is a love letter to that time in wrestling. Um has there ever been any consideration of doing stuff with them? Do you watch the product? Do you love what they're doing? Could you work some magic there? So it goes without saying, you know, in starting uh, TNA, you know, I grew up on the NWA. Uh, my favorite, uh, I mean, my father's favorite champion was Dory Funk Jr. Uh, I got the fortunate, I got to wrestle Dory Funk uh, at, at one point several years ago. So, you know, NWA has always had a place and, and, and it's a 70 year old brand. So it goes without saying. And then also Nick Aldis is a guy that that, that, that worked for me at, at TNA. And then obviously at Rinka King in India, I'm a big fan of Nick and always have been. So when you put all that together, um, you never know where, where life may take you, but I'm a big fan. And yes, I've watched and, you know, doing it at Georgia Public Broadcasting and the studio vibe. You know, it goes without saying it. Orlando, we had years and years of studio shows. Uh, but, but you know, the, the power, uh, NWA power, uh, it's got that unique vibe to it. And, and as we both know, there's so much wrestling out in the marketplace, Impact, AEW, Ring of Honor, WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. I mean, we could go, you know, New Japan, New Japan America. Lots of brands out there, and we're all one big wrestling universe, so you never know, Tom. Uh, you'd mentioned there about NXT UK. It's a brand that we're seeing expanding into other places. WWE have somehow been able to continue expanding uh, throughout their time uh, into places like India and places like China and further expansion into the UK. And you mentioned Rinka King. There's a real special, um, there's a real special energy about wrestling shows in India, isn't there, right now more than anything? A hundred percent. I've often said and especially on this tour I, i've been asked yeah, that that is um a, a frontier that only the wrestling industry has scratched the surface i'm currently looking into some opportunities in india i i, I really believe that that the sky's the limit because culturally you know in mexico it's it's soccer which you crazy folks call football but uh <laughs> but oh they're, they're <laughs> but there's don't want to fall out with you jeff i don't want to fall out with you <laughs> but, yeah, exactly but no uh, you know, the Lucha Libre product is woven in the fabric. In Japan, a lot, in a lot of ways, professional wrestling is woven in the fabric of the culture. Well, in India, it's cricket and Bollywood. But when you combine sport and Bollywood, you really do have sports entertainment. So the country, uh, the largest population of uh, under 25, they're, they're youthful, they're energetic. They absolutely love professional wrestling, and, and it's a place I want to be. Before I let you go, uh, a lot of people are going to listen to this and the, the one item, one item that you're known for in your career is, as well as championships is the guitar, right? So, Jeff, what are your three most memorable guitar shots? Your top oh, three wow. kabongs, Jeff. Who well, are your top three you know, kabongs? It's, it's hard to, 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 to nail it down to the top three, but, you know, 
Uh, I, I've told this story a couple of times. My youngest daughter came home from school one time, and and uh, the the meme or, or the gif of, of me hitting uh, Beetlejuice over the head, and and there was no point of reference. They didn't know who Beetlejuice was. Some people are like, what, what is this? Anyway, so Beetlejuice uh, is talked about quite a bit. Uh, Fabulous Moolah ranks right up there at the top because it was so shocking. The timing was right. It meant a lot because of the build for China's match. The, the, just everything around that was, was really, really impactful. Um, so that ranks right up there. But you're asking for three. Gary Coleman is another a favorite. Just the timing of that because nobody thought I was going to hit little guy Gary Coleman. And I cracked him good. Uh, but, you know, I could keep going on and on. You uh, you hit a sweet spot with me talking to Guitar Shop. So uh, <laughs> if you want to stick around a while, we'll talk Guitar Shop. For as long as they're making guitars, there will always be guitar shots. Uh, I'm aware that you're a busy man today, sir. So uh, let's, push the, let's push the podcast. My World. Who sang My World, by the way? Who sang the My World theme song? Oh, oh Grado. You know Grado? No. Was not Grado. Right. No, oh, no, no, no. you trickster. You trickster. <laughs> Ask Grado to sing it for you because he sings it about as good as Dale Oliver sings it. Dale Oliver comp- wrote and composed it. Me and him uh, wrote it together. Uh, but but Dale's very, very talented guy. But um, Ask Grado one day to sing I've it. got his number. I will ring him after this. I would love for you, I would love for you to record it. Leave it with. So my world is out May the May the fourth. Fourth, yes, it drops every Tuesday, uh, starting next Tuesday, May fourth, and every Tuesday thereafter. Uh, You can catch me uh, on all my socials at Real Jeff Jarrett, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we just lost a brand new website. It's realjeffjarrett.com. They will tell you all about the podcast. You can subscribe there. It's a one-stop shop. Merch subscribe you you name it tom i really appreciate your time today tom you take this so i will say this you know in in my career that goes back from the territory days and then wwf wcw uh, and on and on but the amount of time that i've spent in 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 the uk um with with, i mean world of sport um dating back to the goals harvey goldsmith and and martin goldsmith days so there's a big part of my career that i've spent um, the early days of TNA. So, so you can't really mention uh, Double J Jeff Jarrett uh, career without really discussing his time in, in the United Kingdom. So that's going to be uh, a good part of the podcast. Well, it's there's so many. We're very proud of that British. The British wrestling scene is something really special, uh, something sure. we hold very, very dear. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear the podcaster. Like I just, I eat up the ad-free shows and the Conrad Thompson stuff. So I'm delighted you're now part of that. It's it's All wonderful. Right, so Tom, to take us out. Can you hum us a few bars or sing us a few bars of my world? Um, the only bits I know is um, I don't know the full words. I know the noises. It was like, Etna, Etna, your face. Your pale skin is on your face. Something, 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 something. You will see a king. That's the bit I know. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff, my man. Good sport. My thanks to Jeff Jarrett for joining me on the Cultaholic News podcast. Check out his podcast, My World, at adfreeshows.com next week. This bank holiday weekend on the Cultaholic podcast feed, it is a brand new episode of Wrestling Curiosities. This is where we take a look at some of the weird and wonderful throughout the history of the wrestling world. And we are taking a deep dive into the violent life and the shocking death of the Terrible Turk. The Terrible Turk annihilated Ernest Rober. 
He beat him to the floor several times. And when he tired of the destruction, he simply hurled him off the raised platform and into the crowd. <laughs> Having seen their beloved champion manhandled in such a barbaric fashion, the crowd wanted Yusef's blood. Chants of kill the Turk rang out and Yusef had to be dragged from the arena. Police were called in to stop a riot from breaking out. Had the police not been there, I genuinely think that the terrible Turk would have taken the whole crowd on. The violent life and the shocking death of the terrible Turk on the Cultaholic podcast feed this bank holiday weekend. If you don't want to wait, you can hear it right now if you're a Patreon. Early access is granted just for you at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. On the Cultaholic YouTube channel, 10 wrestling match types that were never used again. A match that we had just the one of that really left a mark so indelible that they never touched it again. I'm looking at you, last rights match from TNA Wrestling. <laughs> Twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic. It is Love You by Friday Day. You and I and live calls to the isolation station. Join me from 4pm British Summertime at twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic. And since it's a bank holiday weekend here in the UK, I will speak to you on Tuesday. Don't forget to join us. Love you, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 